0: Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. It is episode number 21. And today is an interview that I did with the guys at Educated Artistry. We talk about the Lash Base US launch, because that's where I am right now. And we talk about coronavirus, massive topic. And of course, marketing tips. I hope you enjoy this one. It's a good one. I'll leave it to the girls. Let's go.
1: All right, guys. What's up? It is Taylor and Kayla. And with us today is Jamie Butler. He is the head of marketing for the wildly successful UK lash company, Lashbase. He has helped the company grow to over 69,000 followers on social media, and he has over 18,000 followers himself. He provides a ton of knowledge on his own podcast called Lashbase, entertains us daily, and keeps us all laughing on TikTok. If you've attended a lash conference in the past you may have heard him speak and if you plan on attending um, any lash conferences this year you will most likely see him there as he is in the states to promote the launch of lash base in the us jamie welcome to the show
0: thank you for having me i'm really excited
1: (laughs) we're excited too yeah uh give us a little update on how things are going with uh preparing for the launch here in the us
0: an absolute disaster
1: Oh,
0: no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm no, it's It's go. It's, it's brilliant. We're we are having the best time. But it's one of those things, and we you, like. It's not as simple. Like we didn't think it was going to be this simple, but it is never as simple as right. We're going to place an order for some products. We're going to rent a warehouse. We're going to arrive. The products will arrive we'll put them on the shelves we'll open up a website we'll press go and then we're live and then that's it and we've all made loads of money that is the opposite of what's happened so we're now we're a week we've been here for a week uh, i'm currently sat i don't know if it sounds a little bit echoey but i'm sat in a, a big empty office and like a makeshift desk so i can do this podcast interview we've had the grand total of one delivery uh, which was which was about 10 to 15 products and we've got massive empty warehouse. But the thing is, we've uh, we've had all sorts of delays with customs, we've had delays in, uh, I don't know if this is a common thing, but we've had delivery companies say that they have definitely tried to deliver, and nobody was in. But Obviously, you've probably seen on my Instagram stories, we're here the whole time. So uh, we've It's it's all good fun. We're having a laugh. I'm not sure. I'm trying to, if anyone's listening to this, I'm trying to document everything, the ups, the downs, everything day to day uh, on my Instagram stories and on just on Instagram. Uh, But yeah, so it's going really well, but it's not going to plan.
1: Well, I mean, and like you said, I think anybody that's uh, doing anything big like this, you always anticipate there's going to be small little hiccups and stuff. But you've had some funny stuff that you've shared on Instagram <laughs> that you know definitely people don't plan for. Share us how share with us some of the experience, experiences that you've had with like Airbnbs or yeah, like about hotels, the, house,
0: the first oh house my, you guys rented. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> okay so the the original plan was we need to find an airbnb that will last us for these six weeks that we're out here uh, but it also needed to be uh close enough to work and in a nice area and we have uh my wife and little boy are coming out uh in a week now but like back then it was like they're coming out for a period so we need to make sure that it's also family friendly and it's 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 close enough for things for them to do whilst we're all working. So we thought we had found a great place, and we are, And when we arrived, it was it looked lovely from the outside. The outside was brilliant. We were really excited after like a long travelling, a long way. Got in the house and it was cold, dark. There were bugs everywhere, like on the crawling on the floor, like little, like small like cockroach things. My bed uh. had brown stains. <laughs> and that someone like even though they thought they were being helpful someone when they saw that on instagram message and said don't worry jamie it's just blood that's just blood. Oh <laughs>
2: God, it's just blood <laughs> and, started,
0: and then she started giving me some advice on how i can get it out of the sheets and i was like well that's not the point <laughs> right um, it shouldn't
2: be in the sheets <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and then it was like the the cooker didn't work uh it was yeah it was dark so we were just like this isn't although if if we were only here to work, and we would spend nothing longer than like staying, get going to bed, going to sleep, wake up, go to work. We may have considered staying, maybe. However, because we knew family were coming, and because we knew that we need to, we're trying to spend the six weeks here like a we would in England. So we don't It's not. This isn't a vacation in terms of we're going to come out. We're going to eat out every night. We're going to um but yeah just be doing things it's not like that we we planned on doing like a weekly shop so we can have our breakfasts we can take our lunches into work and then we'll go home and have dinner cooked at home at the house and yeah it was it honestly I felt it was one of those where I tried to get a little bit of a video of it on my phone but it didn't really do it justice it did not look as bad in the video as it really did and like smell in real life so I thought right I'll just avoid showing it because I don't want to offend anyone or look like I'm spoiled so we quickly moved out of there and had to look for a hotel so we were technically homeless we were considering sleeping in our offices which to be fair are, are, are okay so we thought well we will sleep in the office um so then we booked left it up to my mum uh, to find us a hotel <laughs>
1: She got you a real fancy hotel, didn't she?
0: Oh, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It was so nice. And <laughs> we got there, and first thing, because we, we, would, we really want to try and like keep fit and keep active while we're out here, so I said to the guy behind the desk, because we knew it had a gym, that was one of our things, we wanted to book a, a hotel with a gym, and he, he genuinely, I said to him, so your gym, where is it? And he went, oh, it's third door on the right down there. Oh, great, what are the hours? It's open. And he was still really, like, straight and confident, yet the gym's 24 hours didn't mention anything else. Um, and then the next morning when we went to go into the gym, it was one room with a, a bike and a treadmill and that's it. And the treadmill didn't work. So it was just the bike. Just the bike. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll just go for breakfast then. But then when we went oh. for breakfast, and I'm pretty sure I got ill from from the breakfast, but the breakfast oh. was just like watery eggs, soggy sausage sort of something or other. Um, all served up on polystyrene plates with disposable plastic knives and forks. Um, yeah, it was good fun.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I mean, and then, like, wow. and, then,
0: and then the next, sorry, the next day, cause we still hadn't found a house. We then decided to, uh, find another hotel and we went to a Holiday Inn Express, which in itself wasn't great, but because of what we had been experiencing, we felt like we were like five star by this time.
1: Right. It was a four seasons now in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: the good is We've we have now found ourselves a house. We've got it now for I think it's four weeks. We do still have to move somewhere else for two weeks, but we've got uh, the perfect family home for four weeks now. That's in a good location, good distance to work. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's good. And finally, unpack my suitcase because living out of a suitcase is not fun.
1: No, it's not. Um, no, that's good. I'm glad you guys have finally found something. Um, you know, part of this is kind of funny because it does make for, you know, good stories to document for sure that when you showed that clip of the, the gym, I was (laughs) laughing so (laughs)
0: hard. (laughs) We, we have, uh, if you've been following on Instagram, we're like, we did, we, we, we got like a fancy flight. So we enjoyed ourselves on our, on our flight over and things like that. And I, what I didn't want is for it to, for this whole trip and journey to be like, we'll only show all of the good, really nice stuff to make us look like we're all successful and doing really well. I wanted to make sure that I could show all of the ups and downs because it's so much more real. And I think people relate and can probably like everyone's been to a hotel and gone, Oh no, what have I done? And I just wanted to be able to show that we're, this is, we're just like a normal family from the UK, like attempting to open a business and, it's just filled with ups and downs.
1: So that's been the idea behind documenting it, because it, obviously, you know, you've yeah, you've tried to include all your followers in on this journey, and so has that been the main focus? Is that you want people to really know what goes into a launch, and that there are a lot of highs and lows?
0: Yeah, I really, I really want people to feel connected with the lash base brand. Like we've got, it's it's a real change in mindset for, well, for me as as head of marketing, because I've got to really consider how how we're viewed and what people see and what people know and think about lash base that is really that is all falls on me um and in the uk where we've been going for 10 years um we're the one of if not the biggest brand in the uk people know about us people know who we are people have seen it all so we don't really have to like really we even though we do document a lot of stuff and show things i wanted to start something that I've never seen done, like you don't see it done by many brands. Um, I wanted to show it just everything from scratch. I wanted people to see that they could do it too, if they wanted to. I wanted people to see that it's not. also it's not easy. I want to be able to see that stuff goes wrong and, and how when things go wrong, if you just react negatively to something that's gone wrong and try and blame other things, blame other people, then then you're never going to do well so i just wanted to show that all the stuff that goes wrong happens to us and show how how funny we all find it because sometimes there's just not a lot you can do but laugh at yourself
1: no it's so true um i think it's a brilliant idea really because i think that like you just said there's not a lot of transparency and um, one thing,
0: that my one my one concern for this whole um I call it what it is it's obviously it's a marketing campaign being doing documenting all this because when once we've launched after a couple of weeks I will be going back to the UK for a couple of weeks and then I'll be coming back to the US for a couple of weeks and then I'll be going back to the UK so I won't necessarily be able to do as such like intense documenting vlogging that I'm doing right now because I'll be doing all sorts of things um however the, my one concern is I'm, the day that the website goes live and we say, right, everyone, we're now live. You can buy, you can order, you can do what you want. I'm going to film that. And I just pray that by the end of that third <laughs> <That's> day, <fun. laughs> I'm not going, right, we've had no orders. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I get it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm gonna. I don't finish. think
1: that's gonna be the case. But I am gonna show you
0: I, I will show it all. So I'm yeah. gonna show that even if we do have zero orders for the first week, then yeah, then it is what it is. I think yeah. that's
1: amazing, and I think that is really gonna give a connection to a lot of people, though, too. So either way, I think it's it's gonna go it's gonna go well. Yeah. But, uh,
2: it's it's gonna be cool for you and your family to look back on that, even like in a year or five years, yeah, exactly. and just see where it all started.
0: Yeah, exactly. That was, uh, again, this is what we, as a family, we talk about all the time. It's going to be so good that if it goes really well, then we can look back at all of this beginning and think about the house we had, the hotel we had, all the problems we're having with deliveries. Um, Like right now, we were supposed to have had all of the office desks and chairs and computers and printers and all that set up and delivered, but we've still just got empty offices. But if it's a success, we'll look back and think, do you remember that that was so funny wasn't it or on the flip side of that if it's an absolute disaster and it's a failure and we don't break america and we go back to the uk and focus on lash base in the uk we'll still forever go do you remember that time we tried to crack america how funny was that right, right. so yeah is is what it is so we're try we're, we're giving it our all we're trying our best uh, we have uh, plans and a yeah, we aren't like, I know sometimes it can look like it on my Instagram stories that we're just winging it. We, we wing it 50% of the time. We do have a plan the other 50% of the time. So I would, yeah. I, I believe you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine with a million dollar launch, that's not a lot of, I would hope it's not a lot of winging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of big lash brands in that are in the States. What is something that you want lash artists to know about lash base and what sets you guys like apart from other companies?
0: um it's a good question the reason i've been asked it before and well it's, this is sort of a question that a lot of people get what it and again this will be a question that anybody listening to this as a lash artist what sets you apart from you can think of my answer in the same way as this: what sets you apart from other people and the answer is with lash products or with la- lash artists as well it's all personal preference so we know that our products are good quality They do exactly what they're supposed to do and they do it really well. They uh, One thing, oh, actually, sorry, no, I do have one thing that sets us apart. And this one I find really, really strange because it should not be, and I've said this before, this should not be a unique selling point for a brand, but it is. We really care about regulations and meeting compliance regulations and safety regulations uh, for the products that we're providing. So uh, when it comes to like the liquids, that have to have correct labeling or have to be registered in certain places or the safety data sheets that have to come along with it or the any of that we make sure that we do all of that 100% legitimately so the, what sets us apart which again shouldn't be the case is we do not just buy things in from China stick a label on it and sell it. The uh, I'd say the majority maybe 90-95% of our like the liquid products are created in the UK through our own manufacturer that we have. Uh, so that sets us apart. Um, but apart from that, I understand it's com- anything's completely personal preference. What a, a, an adhesive is going to be the best for someone, but it will be the worst for someone else. Because if there was such thing as like the best lash product, then that would be the only thing that everyone uses. And you don't have to go far to see that there are hundreds of lash brands, hundreds of people promoting and pushing the fact that they think that uh, another lash brand is the the best for them. And that's true. So, yeah, I think what sets us apart is definitely our compliance and regulation stuff that we take seriously. And also, uh, we're going to hopefully be able to push this here, our customer service, in the way that we genuinely want to help people. Um, and I think the funny thing is, and this works so well, so you can either... Take this as a genuine thing, or you can even think about it from a business perspective. If your plan, if your aim is to genuinely help someone, genuinely, not, not sell to them, not, not push an agenda, not anything. If your aim is to genuinely help someone and you do that, that will work better for you in the long run than if you're pushing your agenda short term and getting someone to do something short term. So our, our aim always is to do what's best for the other person because we historically, it's shown over the last 10 years for us, that actually works out the best way to do business.
1: No, that makes uh, complete sense. You're going to create loyalty there. Yeah, yeah, by doing that. Now, I'm just curious with something that you said there, as far as um, the regulations and stuff, how do the regulations compare in the UK compared to the States? Is it stricter there?
0: I feel like it's more strict in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Uh, We have a lot of but again, it's all up for interpretation as well. There's a, a, the the main one being lash adhesive, and whether or it should or should not be classed as a cosmetic product. And at the moment, it should not be classed as a cosmetic product according to the regulations. Um, however, yeah, in the in the UK, and I think maybe because we have more experience in it, there is so many different symbols that must be on packaging. Whereas in the US, there's like. So I'm trying to think. So you'll see one of our adhesives and the ones that we're going to be continuing to sell in the US. We have had to have one of those peel and read labels stuck on it to be able Mm -hmm. to fit the right amount of regulatory information that is required. So if you've got a real small five mil bottle, it's really hard when one of the stipulations is it must have a red diamond with an exclamation mark in the middle of it at a certain size it must say this it must say that you need more space in which is why we've had to put in a the peel and read on our labels so yeah
1: and that's in the UK that's not here right
0: no that's correct you've had it to... sorry okay. in the UK okay. but we are we're, we're using the same um sort of strictness as the UK offers over in the US as well and for the US, it's my dad is the the legal side of it. My dad's the one that researches and makes sure. And our our company manufacturer in the UK has a what's it called? It's a franchise. So it's they have other people in the US that we can use. We're still sticking with our UK, but they make sure and they lead us and tell us everything that must be on uh our bottles all must be in the products, the ingredients, the levels of the ingredients. Um,
1: but is it less here in the States? Should they require less information? Yes. Okay. Okay. So your bottles. Well, th- that's going to be
2: interesting how that is perceived. Um, only because... <clears throat> well, I'm thinking of any adhesive I use that's from the us it does not i mean the label's very small with no like i know that's what anything. i'm saying
1: it could be a good thing
2: it's it is a
1: good thing don't get me wrong it is a good thing but if people are uneducated um and knowing that then it, it's, a lot of information sometimes seems scary does that make sense
0: yeah that is yeah you're right well we we don't with all of this information i didn't i didn't want like i don't want this to start making people scared we don't we don't actively try and Push all of the like scary things down people's throats to say, look, you don't buy this, don't do this. This is what you must do. Um, we'll just educate where possible, and we make sure that we're doing the right things. Um, and- I think it'll
1: be appreciated if people are, are understanding how to look at it. You know, like I yeah. think it's better that there's transparency. I think it's better that there's um, more information. I just don't think they're used to it. Is the only thing, but I think in the end it will be good, and especially for what you are standing behind with your company, saying that you know you guys do follow the regulations and uh, you are providing that information and following that up with customer service and all that. I just think it's something that they're not used to, yeah. um, but it's something that would be better to get used to yeah, for, sure.
2: for
0: sure. Yeah. Well, well we're going to try and hopefully bring a bit, uh, open up more conversations, make people think a little bit more, make people consider it without it being a big deal because it is, it's at the moment in, in the UK, the like specifically adhesive safety is, is a big deal. A big thing like we've um we've seen some adhesives from like china or somewhere like that uh that you can just stick your label on and send over they will even offer and we have had this offered to us in the past obviously we've, we say no because we have ours made in the uk but they will say uh oh, this ingredient is actually not allowed in the eu so we're just going to change the name of it on the sds sheet
1: Wow. So it can come into the
0: country. And then that means the MSDS or SDS, whatever you want to call it, the the safety data sheet will technically not be correct. It will be false because it's just, it's when you, and again, I didn't want this episode, this um, interview to turn into this, but (laughs) it can be when you start looking into it. And um, and again, something that there's two things that I, I think about this, if is you either don't consider it or you don't care. I think because it's so easy to start a lash brand, because of like the low barrier of entry, um, you can very quite quickly just go online and find a supplier for things. And if you find stuff you like, you can just buy it. Um, And at no point do you ever get told what you what you should and shouldn't do, what are the rules, what are the regulations. You don't get told that. So as a lash artist, and you're using someone's uh, from the far east is saying look, here's a great adhesive yeah you can buy that yeah we'll we'll do this why would you think why would you consider that anything was wrong there you would just think it was all completely fine like why would you so if you don't consider it that's necessarily like the lesser of two evils but it's it's when people do understand and then they choose to not care um and carry on so that's hopefully what we're we would like to change but we're not here to ruffle feathers and call people out on anything
1: no, and I, I understand. Um, but I, I think it's actually good. And I think hopefully it'll set the mark. And I hope that it'll cause, you know, other companies to um, be a little bit more transparent and provide more information. Because in reality, the end consumer as a lash artist doesn't get this kind of information. And some people, um, some people care, some people are more into it than others. And some people simply just do not know. And it's those people that kind of, I don't want to say they don't have a choice, but in a way, like without companies being transparent or even having this discussion, bringing this type of awareness, um, they don't even know what to look forward to or what to ask. So yeah, I think that, it's awesome exactly. that you guys are are bringing that forward and that hopefully, you know, it'll kind of raise the standard to be quite honest.
0: No, I, I, so. I hope so. And and don't get me wrong, I'm aware of a lot of companies in the US that are definitely doing it right. But Agreed. It, it's just... Um, there are there's a lot of people that that don't under don't know and if there's if lash mm-hmm. artists don't understand what to ask or what to look for, then the industry won't grow because nobody knows what to ask. It, the The what will happen is something someone won't be made an example of because something bad will happen.
1: Exactly. And
0: then that's when the it all changes. But uh, what we're hoping to do is just just educate as we go, and bring up the industry that way.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. Okay, let's get on a positive note. You guys are I believe you said, did you say you're la- you have a uh, 160 products that you're launching?
0: Um I'm trying to think now. Yeah, we when we first started our list of because in in the UK, I think we've got about 350 products, but then oh, wow. that doesn't that,
1: that's awesome.
0: It doesn't it that doesn't include the fact that if you've got like lashes, like for example, our lashes uh, here, if you think about you've got thicknesses 0.03 right. all the way up to 0.15, and then you've got uh, C, d L, M, and then you've got all the lengths and all the mixes. It's actually worked out, I think it's about, we've got about 967 different variations of lashes alone. That's
1: amazing. Which wow.
0: Is, yeah, which is, which is always hard when you try and estimate and guess what stock levels you need, because what's popular changes month to month and as oh, we all right. know it takes like we ordered our lash products in August, I think it was. So we didn't know whether what what if L curl wasn't popular by now? What if right. and we've already ordered a load. But then, yeah, it all go it all comes around. So
2: luckily it is. It's wildly yeah, it's popular, so <laughs> popular. <laughs> yeah. Probably more so than yeah, in August. Been, <laughs> one
0: that has just grown so we're quite excited about having those. Yeah. Um but yeah so we've got it's over it's over a hundred. It's uh, we've brought all of our favorites from the UK. Um, and yeah, what are
1: you most excited about? What are you most excited to introduce to the industry here?
0: Products wise, uh, we've just we've launched a few new products that we've been working on that, uh, that have been created by our manufacturer. So it's one of those where nobody has the same formula of this as us. Don't get me wrong. There are products that will do a similar job. Um, how, uh, however, because everything's personal preference, it just feels good that we've created something. But we've got our, our new adhesive, which is called Ultra, Lash Base Ultra, and that's getting amazing feedback in the UK. It's really flexible throughout a wide range of humidities. It's, uh, this isn't a sales pitch, by the way. This is just telling you what it is. Um, it's fast setting it's a black adhesive I think one of the feet the feedback that we've had is that a lot of people were liking clear adhesive Mm
2: -hmm. so I think
0: I don't know what do you guys use
2: I use clear I like clear yeah
0: yeah I think that's going to be our probably our first new product once we've launched um it's going to be a clear version of our black adhesive but yeah we've got that we've got um one that always seems to go down has been really popular uh and already so in in the us because we've put it in a couple of goodie bags last year for some conferences mm. uh, worthy is a product called finalize it's a um like an excess makeup remover for your for lash extensions so people that go out and like to wear a lot of eye makeup they can sometimes get either foundation or eyeshadow or anything in in their lash extensions and then it's annoying to try and wipe that out of there without affecting the rest of your eye makeup so this is like a fast drying, doesn't affect lash extensions, makeup remover that you can brush now, through.
1: I have a question about that because I have seen that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but no. Does, does it add weight to the lashes?
0: No, no, it, it evaporates and dries. So it brushes off. Uh, your, okay. It brushes off. It's like a makeup remover that evaporates. So it oh. brushes off your all of the powder and stuff in the lashes. This is why you can have it for volume lashes as well. So you brush mm-hmm. it off. Um it it will dry itself or you can air dry it if you want um and then brush through with just a dry mascara wand and then you, you're back to normal with your makeup fine and also your lashes fine
1: that's fabulous
0: yeah it's it's been really popular but yeah i think i've i could just talk through all of our products but i don't want <laughs> this to turn and just do a catalog of me talking about products
2: <laughs> well, they're, let's they're move all... in.
0: Okay. sorry go ahead as well when we were coming from the uk to here we chose the our favorite and best products so this is like it's funny because in the uk where we've got so many we've got hundreds we've almost got we get lots of things in to be able to provide choice for everyone even some of the really tiny like bits that are just like disposable stuff whereas for our us launch we're coming in with our favorite ipads our favorite like adhesives our favorite lashes our favorite um, you're bringing
1: us the best
0: plan. <laughs> yeah starting with that
1: that's exciting i i actually researched you guys a while back when i first discovered you um from lash boss uh, i listened to you on a podcast there um oh, one of her was, episodes that was my
0: first ever podcast i was so
1: nervous <laughs> oh really <laughs> i remember being great um but yeah and i went and looked up stuff and so i'm excited that you guys are here in the states now so that it's accessible and even more excited that you're bringing
2: the best so that's awesome thank you um, so let's move into with your podcast with your talking about where all the money went for your guys's launch. Can you walk us through like the mindset of a million dollar launch requires, especially with like all those little obstacles that came up that you brought up in your podcast episode?
0: Yeah, um, it's it was one of those where where we where we're doing well in the UK, and we had our discussion on where where money was going to go for like this year or that year or whatever, last year it was, um, the thought was, we can give this a go. And if this is successful, then it will not only help our lives, but it will then help our kids' lives. It will then help our kids' kids' lives. Um, And it was the thought that we could like succeed as, as a family That was like, we have nothing to lose because if it all doesn't, if we lose it, if that like, don't get me wrong, that million dollars will not be wasted. We've got, um, I think it's $650,000 worth of product and worst case scenario, and we're not going to do this, but worst case scenario, we could just sell it all at the price we paid for it, if you know what I mean, to make money back because then it would all just go wouldn't it like so even if we had to ship some of it back to the U, uh, the UK and sell it so it it sounds like a lot but the risk is a little lower but what we're what we are risking is it's I'm away from my family right now uh, my brother who's here is away from his wife and kid um, little girl and it's, it's a lot of work it's a lot of stress it's and it is a lot of money so we're all in it together we all want this we all want the same thing and we're we're all positive people anyway so it is kind of one of those things where we're excited by this whole journey anyway whether this is a success or not it was it's going to be worth it we will be we'll either have learned from it we'll either be very successful or it will be a story to tell in 10 20 years time when we think do you remember that time we did that
1: So either way, you're looking at it as like it it will be a learning opportunity regardless and you have a positive outlook on stuff like that.
0: Most definitely. Yeah.
1: No, that's great. Um, I have to ask you, too, before we jump into the next question, um, you know, Gary Vee has said like the success of family working together depends on how strong the relationships are outside the business. Like you have to love. The person you're in a relationship with um more than you love the business do you feel like I mean that sounds funny to say do you feel like that's the case because probably obviously it is but how has working with family been how do you guys keep the relationships going good and not um you know crumbling with being around each other so often and just kind of all of the things
0: it's it's a funny one we've we I don't I don't want to I'm not like feel guilty about this but we have all of us the whole family so it's uh, my mum and dad me and my two brothers and and then we've all got all got wives and all got little babies uh, but we have always all got on really really well like friends um my mum and dad uh, have never <laughs> have, ne- have never been like your stereotypical mum and dad they're not i don't we don't see them as like old people they've always been friendly Obviously, they've been parents up in, like, until we were adults, but uh, we're all me and my brothers will go and watch like sporting events together. We um, we're all the same, but slightly different. But we all have similar senses of humor. So spending so much time together all the time is like spending time with your friends as well, but obviously then in your family. So we have our arguments. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all family and we understand how to draw a line between business and personal. Uh, they can, the lines can get blurred. However, everyone, you, you, so, you soon forget and understand because I think one of the key things that we've got is uh, that everyone has here is everyone's can understand when they were wrong and will hold their hands up and say, that was, that was, yeah, that was me. So it's not a case of everyone just pointing fingers and saying, well, you should have done this or you should have done that it's It's always quite quick who who was responsible for whatever it is that's going on so I that think, makes sense yeah I think oh, I think that's key but yeah we we just all really get on like we were yeah we all get on I, can't, I don't you know what else to say
1: <clears throat> no I think that's great I love that you guys have that and would you say that it's important to define the roles because I think that's how lines can get blurry too is like you know by defining the rules of each person, uh, the positions in the company, it's like that person is responsible for those things and stays in those things where they can be accountable, where, you know, when there's too much mingling and like blurred lines and things can get a little messy.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. And another good thing about our family is we all have our own specialities that seem to make this perfect team for building a business. So you've got me with doing my marketing, none of my like the, the fan, my mum, dad, and two brothers Then they have no interest in social media, no interest in marketing and no interest in being on camera, really. And they're happy to let me do all of that and trust that I know what I'm doing. Uh, Likewise, my dad loves, well, he does all the accounting, so he loves the, the numbers side of it and he loves the legal side of things. So he likes understanding, really understanding what's right and what's wrong. And for me, although I find that very important and interesting, I wouldn't like to sit there and try and research it and speak with attorneys and like he has been. Um, so he likes that. My brother um, is good with numbers and good. Uh, maybe he got he got the, I'd say the, the muscles out of us, we'll say, because he does all the, the manual labor side of things. So he's really good in the warehouse. He manages the warehouse. He manages the stock. Um, and then... And again, I wouldn't want to do that job, just like he wouldn't want to do my job. So he gets to do that and create that in his own way. And then my other brother that's come on, his job is um, even though we're all for this like this US business, we're all twenty percent owners. He is um, the CEO, so he is uh, he's data driven. He is happy to ask people what's going on and then tell people that things need to be changed. So we've all got our own specialities and it all just seems to work. There's at no point is it, does anyone, yeah, no, there's two people aren't doing the same job.
1: Yeah, no, that's super important. Well, it sounds like you guys have a very beautiful little thing going on over there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about, dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old coronavirus. Um. So obviously there's always unforeseen things when you know uh doing a launch or starting a business or any any kind of thing like that um n- some things we we try to kind of you know prepare for uh, as much as we can but then there's things like coronavirus which you obviously cannot prepare for and nobody would anticipate something like this happening and it affecting like you know the economy and stuff so walk us through the mindset obviously you guys have a positive outlook you you have a really strong team um But in the process of doing this launch, um, has this set you guys back mentally in any way as far as uh, facing something unforeseen like the coronavirus? How are you guys kind of working through that?
0: Well, like you said, this is something that cannot be. You can't predict it and you can't blame anyone for anything. You just have to manage it and deal with it day by day and plan for the future in any way that you can. Uh, It's... It's a it's a tough one. Like the, the, the good thing is that we got our orders for product uh, for products and things like that all in before the uh, in August. So way like in time, we missed a couple of shipments for delivery due to the Chinese New Year, not because of that, because we knew it was coming. But I guess it, we could have dealt with a couple of things a little sooner back then. So we missed that. And then from Chinese New Year, it was when coronavirus like started and started to spread, which has caused even more delays. However, most most products were already on a ship on their way to us. So, for our launch, we shouldn't really be that affected. However, going forward, it's it's all a bit of an unknown, and I don't like to speculate too much. However, as somebody that regularly speaks to people and manufacturers in China and Korea, and uh, and we all watch the news, it's it is a little concerning. I must admit, I th- I think. Um, the, for the future or the rest of the year, in the next couple of months or so, we might start to see the problems from this coming, uh, as in terms of specifically for the lash industry. Um, obviously, it's it's like currently spreading in in all all countries, isn't it? So I don't I don't want to comment on like that because that that's obviously serious. If people are, people are dying, people are getting sick, then that is uh, serious. But for this for this podcast specifically i talk about the effects for a lash brand and lash products and lash artists then there are probably going to be some issues going forward but we're trying to prepare the best we can
1: okay um i'm like how do i follow that up with that (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's a big one. I mean, I think the biggest thing with this is that people don't even under a, a lot of people, and I don't want to say all, um, but a lot of lash artists specifically. Obviously, the brands are more included in this and kind of know what's going on because they order the products, but the lash artists don't really know, you know, kind of where things are coming from, um, meaning China and South Korea. And it is we're watching this unfold. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, and obviously, the seriousness of people's lives is far more important than the lash industry. Um, have you guys taken any other type of preparations as far as they're potentially? Obviously, this is affecting. It's there's been a dip, like in the economy and, yeah. you know, travel and shipments and all that kind of stuff. And again, it's something that we have no idea how it's um, going to all play out. You kind of mentioned before that. You have product that you can sell centrally to just get rid of, or you can sell back in the UK. Are you doing any other type of preparations, obviously, that you can or things that you can share with us as far as impacting on, like, you know, global economy and stuff? Uh, the yeah, effects to, yeah to
0: prepare have? for it. We, so. we are, we're doing our best, but again, it's it's because everything's such an unknown. Uh, yeah. we, we are, I don't even, can't remember what the saying is, but we're preparing for the worst so that we'll be okay if it's if everything's okay then we'll be more than okay if everything's the worst then hopefully we'll we'll get by just about so like for example it's it's so hard when we've we speak with a few of our manufacturers it depends how how much how good of a relationship you have with these people when you're speaking to them because quite a lot of the time when you're asking what's going on or how's it how's all of this going to play out they they almost have a, a copy and paste answer that that tells you that everything's fine because I guess they don't want you to worry. Whereas when you speak to somebody that you've got a bit of a better relationship with, they can almost like one thing um, and I was speaking to, this is another brand owner I was speaking to today. Um, and they have been told that some of the manufacturers cannot get, it's not gonna be the manufacturers of lashes that have the problem. It's gonna be getting the the, the fibers, the PBT fibers, from their suppliers to the lash manufacturers' Mm -hmm. warehouses so they can make the lashes. So if they can't get the main fibres, then the lash manufacturers can't make the lashes, which means that the lash brands over here aren't going to be able to get the lashes. So what we've done is we are making sure that we're, we've already done it, but making sure that we're at the front of the list for placing orders, and we're going to order place orders for more, than we need, than we don't need, just in case, because if we don't place an order now and they start to run out of their product and they can't can't manufacture for us, then we will be completely without. Thing is, anything could happen and we might still run out ourselves. I don't wanna like panic everyone and say everybody's right. up on lashes. Um, however, I can see in the future, there's gonna be a struggle for, um, and a lack of lash products um, and their availability just based on the ripple effect from whatever's going on. Even if, even if tomorrow they say, right, everyone, it's all fine, it's all cured, it's all sorted, there will still be a ripple effect in a few months' time based on the backlog of orders and the delay in manufacturing that the factories have had in China.
1: Right. No, exactly. Um, And again, we're not trying to scare everybody, but I think preparing is best and creating awareness is best. And again, a lot of the times, especially lash outers that are just getting into the industry, they have no idea. Like they, you know, they, someone someone
0: said to me today, actually, they said, "Oh, I've just tried to to look for your lashes. And this is in the UK. I've looked for your lashes and you're out of stock of a couple of um, lengths. And they had that one of our shipments had been delayed uh, due to coronavirus um there was uh, a road closed by the port or something it's just something based on coronavirus uh, nothing to do with the products or the manufacturing of the products it was just something within the chain of getting it from a to b had a delay due to coronavirus related things um and it's trying to explain that that is the issue and that and she said oh but i thought you were in the UK i said mm. no but they're, they're although most of our stuff's manufactured in the uk lashes do come from the far east and- right
1: and and you luckily are a company that you know like you just said most of your stuff comes uh, or is you produce it in the uk uh, but some of the stuff like the PBT and stuff st- does come from korea and that's exactly what i'm talking about is most lash artists have n- no idea that a lot of these other companies are sourcing things out of china south korea um I mean, even where the tweezers come from, Pakistan and stuff, like just, yeah. they're not even, I mean, I hate to say this. <laughs> I am an American, proud to be one, but I'm like, a lot of people don't even know where their food come from, let alone where <laughs> their lunches come from. So, um, it, again, not trying to scare people, but just creating awareness, like you said, even if everything were to go back to normal today, there's still going to be a backlog. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, you know people <laughs> lash artists themselves managing their own inventory and yeah that's so why I'm um, glad
0: you're bringing this up in in this I think it's well timed because people need people need to just think about it just think make sure that yeah. you've got your stock get get enough to keep because I hate to think what could happen to to people's businesses just through a little bit of poor planning or mm-hmm. or being slightly uneducated in what's necess- what's going on or being under prepared for it when if you think about it right now and prepare then you'll be okay regardless of like what happens sort of thing as we go forward
1: exactly exactly and this next question i don't know how much you actually want to speak on to this um but in saying when everything that we've just just kind of talked about um the question that I had written down is do you anticipate uh, possible closures, closures of the smaller lines of brands that are private labeling products? And I know that you can't really, uh, you know, predict that, but to me it would obviously make sense. There's, there are a lot of lines here in the U S that private label stuff and, you know, potentially where they are getting those products. Um, They're not so the larger company like yourself. You know, you've mentioned you you guys ordered six hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of product just for this launch, and then you have your back stock of inventory for your UK uh, based company as well. These these people that are private labeling these these um, these products, they're not
2: they're not doing six hundred fifty
1: thousand. So the likelihood of you know of them seeing a bigger hiccup, I feel like is is pretty high. and that's, that's gonna, it's something for some other people to think about as well, as far as, um, one, if they order from somebody like that, not getting the product, and two, for the person themselves, um, that can, that's probably going to affect their income.
0: It is. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that. And I think it's sometimes we even need to consider things that smaller lines um, and brands should definitely consider. You need to manage your stock, because if you were to go out of stock now, and not be able to provide lashes for your customer base that you have, uh, they will end up going elsewhere and then trying to get them back when everything's said and done is gonna be a lot harder. So I think if you're a smaller line or a smaller brand and you have a limited amount of stock or limited stock that you can get hold of, I think you you need to one of the things I would do, and, and we've had to do it sometimes in when we've got low stock of things. And that is don't run discounts on your products because it's it's all good trying to get more sales. But if you think you've got a certain amount of lashes to last you, then, yeah, you need to be getting full price for those lashes and as well make it so that people will only buy the lashes when they need them and then you'll be able to ride it out rather than keep doing promotions to get lots of new customers. Then you'll run out altogether. I think it would be better to look at your um, list of customers that you've got and then try and keep hold of them and keep them in stock of their products rather than going on the hunt to grow your business with more at this specific time.
1: I love that you shared that. That is such amazing advice. That's that's great advice. I, I think a lot of people needed to hear that.
2: Uh, how are you guys feeling with traveling back and forth from the UK? Have you guys had any issues yet with that? Or do you like, because uh, I've heard of a couple, you know, people that have, their flights have gotten canceled and stuff. And, you know, it's mainly to like China. I know Taylor, we were talking earlier, Japan, um, countries like that. But do you guys, have you guys had any issues so far? Or are you worried? Are you do you worried have any them? concern with travel? Because you're,
1: like you said, you get you guys have a lot of traveling that you're going to be doing back and forth to the UK. You have your son coming in. You have your, yeah.
0: your yeah, wife I'm, coming I'm in. Very, so. I'm very worried, but... But then I, 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 I'm constantly having a battle with. I know that I worry too much, so I do. I do always have a conversation with myself to say, "Look, don't don't worry. As long as you, like wash your hands and don't put your hands in your mouth, sort of thing." But yeah, I've got my wife and little boy are coming over at the weekend, um, and uh, well, to be fair, when's this going live? I don't want to listen to this before they go. <laughs>
1: Um, not this
0: next wednesday next wednesday yeah. okay so yeah my my, my wife and baby already be here and it'd be fine but yeah i think it is it is going to be a worry they're coming over and then they're going back before us we're flying um i'm going to be going from here to la from la to home um then in the uk and then i'm coming back in 2 weeks after that and then from there i am flying internally and i think air, airports and airplanes it, it's like a there are a lot of people, a lot of people have been a lot of places, a lot of people aren't necessarily, uh, yeah, it is, it is a worry. And I think as long as uh, you can be careful, then that's, that's the most you can do. But it's one of those where I'm, although I'm a massive warrior, I'm also, and I definitely think this is a bad way to be. So nobody try and be like this. I'm one of those people that thinks, nah, it won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't happen to people like me No, that well that won't and that's that's a that's a problem because then it means i'll probably be a little bit careless at times but um yeah is is a worry with the, with the traveling but I, f- I just keep hoping i wake up one day in over the next week or so and they say right guys it's on it's on the decline and it's all sorted but
1: yeah you know it's funny that you say that because i was talking to ali from the lash anarchist and she said the same thing she's like i just keep hoping that it's just gonna go away yeah <laughs> we're not gonna have to deal with it now i have a question in regards to the travel um obviously the uk has not been hit hard with this and we know that we're going to see the spread of this coming and more and more just with how it's you know it's spreading in general and people not knowing that they have symptoms have any of you guys thought well and i'm not sure how this works with v- your visas and stuff but um of staying in the States as far as potential travel bans happening? Like would that, I don't wanna say would that cripple you, but as far as, let's say you guys leave the country and then getting back in the country um, you know, to run your business, how does that work with uh, the visas? And would that just be essentially like, okay, the launch is not happening or slowing down a product? Has anybody thought of staying in the States?
0: Well, at, at all at all times during the first year, at least someone will be here. So sure, uh, sure. someone someone may get stuck here, um, but uh, there there will, there's never a point when there is no no one. Well, that would make here. sense.
1: That would be nobody yeah. here running your company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess well, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we, well, we we have we we've, we've hired a couple of um, staff members. So we we had ri- originally had three staff members, went down to two staff members, went down to one, and now we've got two back. So um, we have got two, but there always needs to be one of us here. as well um which
1: again kind of unforeseen and just kind of we'll see how it plays out
0: yeah yeah
1: um curious to know uh what is the outlook um from people in the uk um i mean we see it's hard because it's like you know the you see how the media uh I would I don't want to say they're overplaying this at all, but you know they hype it up and stuff but I'm just curious to know from another country's like their perspective like how how are people taking this in the u k as far as the virus goes
0: yeah it, it it seemed all right um however over the last couple of days it seems to have have picked up like i've just seen a couple of messages there's been uh, i think there's another one or two confirmed cases in the u k and there's a lot of what happened i don't know if you've seen any of it in like Facebook groups and stuff but but sometimes uh, a poorly worded post that you that a lash artist puts out to their um, clients, just trying to be helpful, causes more of a panic. Mm-hmm. Right, and then all of a sudden, then that spreads. So yeah, I can see in the UK it's it's really picking up, but it's it's so hard to comment on it because I'm still not convinced whether it's a big deal or or it's a not going to be a deal. Because you know you see those things where people. Uh, giving stats on what's worse than and then there's the ones where people are saying no this is worse the the worst sort of thing so it's it's starting to pick up in the UK but I think that's just because it is inevitably is there going to be more and more cases then it's not just going to suddenly stop so
1: yeah I think that's for a lot of people. Everybody's kind of on the fence of like what to think
2: for yeah. sure.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, and definitely like our grocery stores are out of sanitizer <laughs> and toilet paper and water and everything. And people it's just, are... crazy. Well, it's just the that thing.
0: Our, our number one set, i not, this isn't even an exaggeration. Our number one selling product in February was face masks. I believe mm, we're yeah. now out of stock of face masks and they yeah. were, we were selling them. They, they come in packs of uh, 50 and we were selling oh, them wow. in bulk of 500s. Wow. And they were get, getting bought and sent back to Hong Kong and places like wow. that. Obviously, where, well, where they come from. but
1: Yeah, Tiana actually from the Lash Exchange, um, I've been talking to her and she recently posted too that her masks are made in the UK uh, from the company Cambridge. And she's out. Like she sold out. She's not going to be able to get them for a while. She actually said the company was seized by the Chinese government because one of the um, components of the mask is produced by China and so that they are having the company make the mask only for them currently. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm yeah, just like, I've, wow,
0: that's, that's crazy. The thing, though, I've seen um, the way these masks, the masks work. They're only helpful if you've got it. If you've got right. coronavirus, you're supposed to wear them. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got it, it's actually worse to wear these masks.
1: Well, and the funny thing is well yeah, but nobody even knows if they have it. No one <laughs> knows. <laughs> Ah, again, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. All right, let's talk about marketing because, <laughs> <laughs> because let's not talk about coronavirus anymore. No, but really, I think, again, all in talks of like uh, preparing for the potential um, impact that this can have on the economy, it's always important for people to know how to market themselves, regardless of what is going on, yeah. especially if they want to grow their, uh, their clientele or keep their business at a strong point. But especially when going in with, let's just say hypothetically there is you know some recession talk going on right now we do move into a recession um let's talk about uh the importance of how again these lash artists and businesses and stuff they need to be um marketing uh have have a strong hold on their marketing so you had mentioned before and i'm not sure if this is still how your day starts but you spend a couple hours on social media going in and out and um just kind of seeing what's going on what's trending and all that stuff in doing that and obviously your guys's client um is lash artists i'm curious to know what you see lash artists doing or not doing when it comes to marketing themselves um effectively and what you think one how they can improve but this is kind of a loaded question but um also, in the sense of like there being like a recession, what do you think they should be focusing on?
0: Well, I think one of the one of the main things that I see going that lash artists do wrong and like I always have to sort of like clarify what I mean by this. If if you're a lash artist, then your job is to get clients, to get people in so you can do their lashes.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: what I see most lash artists doing is trying to impress other lash artists Rather than like, because if if don't get me wrong, there's there are if you're a lash artist, you might then want to become known in the industry. You might then want to become a trainer. You might want want to do public speaking. You might want to bring out a brand, and you need people to know about you to do that. That's great, but if if you are a lash artist and you are either just starting and you want to fill up your diary with clients, then that is the it's there's a, a I don't know how to say it, but the the mindset is wrong. I see too many people focusing on other lash artists rather than trying to build a an audience and a following of the right types of people. So I think if anyone listening to this can just sit and think, what is it you want from your business? What do you want? What What is it that puts a roof over your head? And if the answer is clients coming in and you doing their lashes and selling them retail products, then everything that you do needs to, gear towards that. So I think that's one thing that I see people doing wrong. I think um, in terms of there being a recession, I think, I don't know if it's going to be the same in the US, but in the UK with the last recession that we had, one of the industries that didn't drop drop was people getting beauty treatments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people still always found the time and the money to have their beauty treatment. So I think it's, it's more about, continuing to be consistent with your marketing and making sure that you are targeting the right people um and another thing that i will say until the day that i do don't do marketing anymore the number one way to help you grow your business is actually the engagement that you do off of your page like forget what if you're on facebook instagram TikTok, whatever it is it's the 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 relationships and conversations and engagement you have away from your page that then will inevitably bring people to your page. And obviously then it is nice if they can come and see some decent posts and then that's when you've built that relationship.
1: In regards to decent posts, um, this brings me to thinking of like, you know, them providing value for their um, followers and uh, selling without selling. And this is something that you talked about before, too. Can you touch on that? Like, give them an idea. What is value when you're a lash artist trying to your audience is, you know, filling your books with clientele? What would be valuable posts for them to share and then touch on how to sell without selling?
0: Well, th- this is something that we we were having discussion about um, as a family only this morning. And because the US does seem like you can't watch a TV advert without someone screaming something at you that's a sales. <laughs> Whereas in the UK, it's just so natural that I think we're maybe too polite and like whatever to <laughs> British to, to be forcing any sort of sales tactics on people. I think as a lash artist, what content constitutes being good value as content is uh, again put yourself in the the client's shoes so imagine if you are a client what is it that you look for when you're looking to get your lashes done what is it or if you're looking to get your brows done or if you're looking to get any beauty treatment how or what is it you look for how do you find someone what is it and like even if the answer is word of mouth like you went to someone because your friend recommended them then that shows you that, and and again, I still believe this anyway, word of mouth is one of the most important things you can do to build clients. So if that's the case, if word of mouth is the way to get loads of clients, then what does that mean? That means that you have to create the best experience possible for the current clients you have to ensure that they will go and tell someone about it. So then you need to then focus on what can I do that will make this client think, oh, that was really good. I'll tell someone about that. And then that's when you would do the little extra things um, during or well, before, during, and after um, the clients come to you and hope that that would improve the chances of them telling someone. Likewise, if you say, well, I actually just search on Instagram hashtags, or if I search on places or um, or anything like that you just need to put yourself in your clients shoes and think think about if you were a client what is it that would be valuable to you what would make you aware of something think about some of the people or pages that you follow what is it you like about them and then try and replicate reverse engineer that replicate it in your own way and then do that
1: yeah that's a great explanation i think people get lost when it comes to that stuff so Mm -hmm. i appreciate you explaining that um which social media platforms do you think that lash artists should focus on and uh when trying to grow a client base as far as like because sometimes you get into this and you get overwhelmed and you're like oh i should do facebook i should do instagram now there's tiktok and should i be using pinterest and twitter and and, like all of that stuff but when uh trying to grow their client base what do you think which platforms do you think are the most valuable
0: i think because you're right it's um If you can do it all and do it well, then you should do it all. But if you're just one person, and I always feel slightly sorry for a lash artist that they're lashing all day, every day, and that is one of the only jobs that there is no way that you can get on your phone and start doing something when you've got two tweezers in your hand and someone lying there doing it. So you you do have less time than other businesses to focus on social media, and I get that, which means I think... In my opinion, you should focus on the platform that is most popular for the type of clients that you have, which means uh if you've got clients that that love Facebook and Facebook groups, then I would focus on like your like the local areas Facebook group and join in the community and start them conversations because you'll end up picking up your 50 or 60-year-old clients if that's who they are. Or if you've got people that are forever on um, Instagram, then definitely put the majority of your effort into Instagram. Um, But one thing that I always think you should do is always try and test on the new stuff. So, like, again, for me, for example, I I love TikTok. I, I can't. I spend. Too long on TikTok at the moment. <laughs> yeah,
2: same. But,
0: but that's that's like personal and business. I I find myself lying there and all of a sudden three hours has gone past mm-hmm. and I haven't done anything. Um, however, the the most success I've had is because it gives you an opportunity to test it before it's popular. It's mm-hmm. things like TikTok anyway help you be creative, even if you're not creative. And the most success that I've had from TikTok is using the video, saving it and posting it on Instagram where the majority of people are. So I think you should always focus on two different platforms. One that your clients are definitely on and then one that's one of the new ones so that you can practice on it and then yeah, use that.
1: So it's almost, it goes back to like, people just need to, they need to understand who their clients are. They need to research their clients. They need to understand their client behaviors. And I think, you know, you touched on something there with the age of the client and understanding where they are spending um, which platforms they're spending their time on? Because the person who's who wants the twenty-one-year-old client, which is not a lot of us, um, exactly. or the thirty-year-old client, or maybe it's a fifty or sixty-year-old client, they they are on different platforms and they're spending time on different platforms. So having an understanding of who your clientele is and where they are, they are you know where their attention is being held, um, doing some research there so that you can figure out which platform is best for your clientele.
0: Definitely, oh, I'm, I'm... It's, especially when. As a lash artist, you, and I'm not making excuses for anyone, but you have limited time. So like I said, if you could do it all, do it all. But if you can't do it all, then you need to be where your, um, your ideal clients are plus testing the new stuff.
1: Right. Or even, you know, you've made a, your post today was great, um, about how people overthink social media and, um, Even screenshotting, you know, your if you're using Twitter. So how to like make sure your content is used for uh, multi-purpose? Gary V has something on this, like micro content, micro content. And there's if you search Gary V and um, there is a like a there's like a PDF or something he put out um, uh, about micro content and creating it and then being able to you know use it for uh, the multiple platforms. So that's something I think people should definitely think about. And your post hit hit on that. It was like touched on that was. You know, you do something for Twitter, screenshot it, and then put it on your Instagram, and now you've used it on two different platforms.
0: Yeah, and you can make a video on TikTok and then post it onto Instagram. You yeah. can, you can, like my, uh, and admittedly, I don't think everyone can do this right now. But for example, our lash-based podcasts, what we do now is we record a podcast, and then I've got a colleague of mine who then types up the the podcast into a blog, oh, yeah. and then that goes yeah. on our website. So if people want to read. Like you can go on the Lash Base the the English, the UK website. You can go on that and, and read uh how we've launched a business in um America, or people can listen to it on on the podcast. So you're gonna
2: need that person's information yeah, right. so they can
1: work for- <laughs> 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 I know, because yeah.
2: we've talked about doing that too, but it's just finding It's time, the
0: time. like you said,
1: it's time. Yeah. And I think that's just something that people need to keep in the back of their head is when they are creating something, being useful with their time so that they can they can well, use it
0: this is another point that I've I always have and it's I I know that this what I'm about to say is like quite extreme but I feel like you've got to say extreme things to sort of so people can kind of get where I'm where you're coming from mm-hmm. um and I I do genuinely believe that it is worth it for your business to if like um so say if you've got a full diary and you're saying that you don't have time for doing any marketing or thinking up things or creating content. Then for one, if if you've got full diary, then that's great, brilliant. Um, You're still gonna need to continue with your marketing for when that one person drops out um, or whatever. However, I don't believe that's ever the case of full diary. So I actually think that you should use one slot in your schedule every single week. So two to three hours in which someone could be having lashes, but two to three hours spend that to create content because if Mm -hmm. you just sit there and put that in your diary and then that is your only focus for that two to three hours you'll be surprised in how much you can create your whole week's worth in that two to three hour period with no distractions with nothing else on because it is your it's scheduled into your diary so i think that's that's how important it is to make sure you put structure into creating your content because although i enjoy um i create a lot of content and then I'll just be sat there um one one minute and suddenly have an idea and then I'll create it and then there's just an extra bit I do think that it's important to have some structure and important to have that time to create content.
1: I definitely agree and I think that it keeps lash artists from being overwhelmed I think when you don't budget that time in um that's when you feel like you don't have time to do everything but as you've mentioned you know running a lash business is more than just doing lashes and like you said, you know, you have, you could be like my husband, sometimes he'll be at work and he's an electrical engineer and he'll like, send me a link to something. And I'm like, for shopping. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I thought you were working, (laughs) but you can not do stuff like that when you're a lash artist, you can't be multitasking because like you said, you have to have your tweezers. I mean, you have your tweezers, you're working, your hands are busy. So yeah, making time, like you said, will definitely help people not feel so overwhelmed. And just will help create that consistency in producing uh, content and um, having a flow to it instead of it being, not that it can't be sporadic, but feeling like you're putting valuable stuff out there instead of just stressing and just throwing something out there that's not valuable for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: So with email marketing, do you think that it's like underestimated or undervalued by lash artists? We see a lot of like big lash companies that have their email marketing lists and stuff, but I think that it kind of scares the individual lash artists to have email marketing do you feel like it's undervalued
0: 100 percent. yes yeah i was um talking with our like our lash based trainers in the uk only a couple of weeks ago about exactly this uh i know for, we're we're a lash brand so our our email list is um is big we use it all the time we it's very successful it's brilliant it's easy um but if you're a lash artist like one of your best ways of getting business is going to be through your other clients so if you are um, all of your clients if you have all of their email addresses and like with their permission to contact them but all of their email addresses and you use something like mailchimp or, or any of the other alternatives I'm not sure what other ones there are but if you use something like that where you can just send them it, it means that you post something on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere, probably about 2% of those people that follow you are going to see it. Whereas if all of your clients, you send them an email, just one email to say either here's my appointments or uh, I'm running this special or did you know, or refer a friend and you get this or that, that's going to be more successful for your business than trying to find people through social media, definitely. So yeah, I love it. I love email marketing and I think this year, um it definitely is in england but i will see in in the u.s but i think email marketing sort of like going to make a comeback because it was big wasn't it and then it's yeah. Sort yeah. dropped off but i think email is great um yeah as well as text messaging or sms i don't know mm. what it's called
1: yeah that's a whole nother thing yeah, yeah. well and again it, the average lash artist is depending on um which platform they're using like if you have booker which i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but if you have booker um which is a uh, salon software and you have the highest package, uh, maybe it's the middle package too, but you get access to things like email marketing and it tells you, you know, when you create campaigns, like how many people opened them, how many yeah. people clicked on something after that. And I in, think
0: invaluable, invaluable stuff. It's right. Yeah. And
1: if the average lash artist is investing in stuff like that, then they're missing out on that because it's direct to, like you said, you know, to clients that already they're loyal to you. They want to hear from you, and you could be providing so much. Um, you know, back to that, um, selling without selling. You know, just tips and stuff, and then sliding easy. in, like yeah,
0: you said, easy. Just send, send them. Thought you thought thought you might like this. Here's how to clean your lashes. Just a video, okay. of someone cleaning lashes. Next time they're in, you're much more likely to be able to retail them a lash cleanser than you were if you didn't send it.
2: Totally. Totally. I even sent an email actually yesterday to my clients about the best ways for retention. Oh, did you get it? Thanks. (laughs) But you know, that was even, and most of my clients have been with me for years, but I had like a 70% open rate as of yesterday, you know, and that's way more valuable compared to who would have seen it if I would have posted the same thing on Instagram, how many of my clients would have seen that compared to the email. Like it's just a huge jump. So I think lash artists really need to think about that. And especially when you're trying to provide a more valuable service for somebody too by giving them those oh, extra yeah. tips and tricks and even- It's like the luxury customer yeah, service to follow the yeah. luxury
1: appointment.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: let's well, talk before about- Before you move the... on from the
0: email thing, I've, got, I've right. got to do my job here. At the moment, mm-hmm. Lashbase.com is just a landing page for people to put their email addresses. Cool. Um, and I've already explained the importance of it. Uh, so anybody listening, Lashbase.com and sign up to our email list. Yes. yes you guys going to
2: want to do that. Um, let's talk about
1: TikTok. Um, you know what's funny is I'm 35. So when I hear TikTok, it takes me, no one, I don't even know. I'm, now. I feel embarrassed that I'm even saying this. It takes me back to this song that it's part of the lyric and I can't get it out of my head. Whatever. That's the only thing I think of when I think of TikTok. But you've had a lot of fun with TikTok. And I think there's some confusion though. And I, I really want to hear your perspective on, um, how best to, you know, to use it. Or if you think it's, it's best for like B2B business to business or business to, um, client customer, uh, businesses, because the average age on there is 16 to 24. So when you think of like, for you, it makes sense. Like you had mentioned you're using TikTok, um, to build a following. If somebody that's, that falls within that age range wants to potentially become a lash artist, they're going to, already have maybe some loyalty to you because they follow you they think you're funny and then they'll want to go with your brand they know you do training do trainings and stuff like that but for um people that are like that have clientele and stuff um, that don't want 16 to 24
0: year old (laughs) clients
1: how do you think it's best for them to utilize tiktok
0: uh, I, I I think you probably know this as well. All of these social media apps will always age up. So I think if you look sure. at like the latest stats, the fastest growing group that are joining it are older than 24. Mm-hmm. So it, it's already, I've already noticed it changing. I think maybe because, it, again, it's another algorithm-based thing. So what I've seen, and I get shown a lot of B2B-related things, um, as well as all the, the funny dances and the funny videos and things. Um, but I think... At the moment, and it and it will evolve, like there will eventually become better targeting because at the moment, if you're on TikTok, then trying to get local targeting as a lash artist is almost impossible because right. it's such a new and fun app that, because um, I don't do it this way, but I believe others won't either. I bet people don't search through hashtags yet that when they use it, they'll be on the For You page scrolling, they might search a couple of things um, but it's until it becomes more of a normal thing to search like you would on Instagram, um, I, I don't see it being like a massive one that will change your business. However, it's brilliant for one, getting you out of your comfort zone, which always makes you feel good when you do that. Two, you can use that content for Instagram. Um, because of all of the 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 licensed music and the fun things that you can do on it. Um and three, it will like they they're gonna bring pictures to it. They're gonna bring ads to it. They're gonna bring a better like discovery page like you've got on Instagram. It will be coming. It will happen. So imagine if when that all happens you already know what you're doing and you're already um you're already good at using TikTok then Yeah, you'll you'll do well when it suddenly does become an app that can be used to build business. So I think at the moment it's great for me to build awareness. Um, I don't get high video views, but the thing is, everything I do is targeted towards lash artists. And Mm the thing is, there may be millions and millions of people on TikTok, but I'm not I don't want. 100,000 views. I'd rather 400 views of people that are lash artists, if you know what I mean. So, again, yeah. it's using it with the correct intent and understanding why you're using it. So, TikTok again would just be so easy for a lash artist to create an easy and fun video because it's quite lighthearted mm-hmm. easy and fun video of you cleaning your lashes or brushing your lashes or what really goes on when you're. Uh, your eyes are closed sort of thing and then funny little videos that you could then at the moment use on other social media apps but you could still slowly grow through tiktok
1: mm, yes now that makes total sense get ahead of the curve while you can before it uh it really takes off and they add those other elements that's super yeah. smart Okay. Well, in closing, Jamie, um let us know, give us all the details again on the launch so people know when everything is launching, uh, where they can buy products. I know you mentioned where they can sign up for the emails, and I'm assuming obviously if they sign up for the emails, they're gonna hear about the deal or the you know, the the launch, the, the date. launch date and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think everything that's going on. So we've got is simple, lashbase.com. Um okay. it is just a uh, one page where you can put your email address uh what we're going to do for people that are giving in their email address is they're going to get a special early access um which obviously that will be emailed out special discounts all the news um and again like i said i think at the beginning of the episode we our, our plan is to genuinely try and improve people so if we can improve some lash artists that's the sort of thing that you will get in your emails tips videos links to things that are helpful um with no no like obligation to buy this, buy this. It'll just be, um, we're going to try and be helpful. But then at the same time, our, anybody that signs up it is going to be where we put our main discounts and things like that. So if you're looking to get a good deal and shop at Lashbase, then sign up to the emails. Um, and apart from that, the f- ones that we're focusing on, we've got our new um, Instagram account, which is Lashbase underscore US so we have our lashbase underscore limited which is our now our uk account which is like i think it's just about to hit seventy thousand followers um and lashbase.co.uk is our uk account and uh, with the uk products but lashbase underscore us and lashbase.com is going to be the home of all things um related to lashbase inc related to all the american stuff so um they're the main two places, our website and our Instagram. Obviously, follow us on TikTok as well because we're we're trying to push that quite well. Um and if you haven't already, always I'm happy to have a few more lash artists followers. So <laughs> lash base underscore Jamie. And if you want to know where I'm gonna be, it's gonna be everywhere this year. I, <laughs> know, I was just gonna that. ask, yeah. <laughs> in, my, in my aim, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna be at the Scots, I'm gonna go to Lash Cruise in soon at the end of this month. I'm gonna be at Scottsdale lash and brow conference in april and then in june is the beauty factor in miami end of june is vegas big vegas booth we're having for lash base we've gone big on that and the conference um september is going to be at the lash conference which was LashCon. and i don't know if i'm missing anything anyway any any lash conferences i am going to try and be there
1: wow that's, that's fabulous you're gonna have a busy year my friend that is, that <laughs> is that's exciting yeah. Well, we love what you guys are doing. We love what you're bringing uh, to the States and we love that you're taking us on the journey. So thank you for sharing everything that you did with us today. And um, also I want to let people know about your podcast too. Uh, I don't, we haven't really touched uh, oh, on that. Thank
0: you. Yeah, so
1: that's Lash that's Lashbase and that's available on iTunes and Spotify as well. Yeah, that's right. And I know I want to let everybody know that's listening too, you know, we kind of touched on social media stuff, but you have some great episodes um all about Instagram and marketing and understanding your why as well.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you.
1: Yes, of course. All right, Jamie, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so we will um end that on there. And then we if you have a specific photo that you want us to um use, um otherwise I usually just pull something off of people's Instagrams. Yours is actually funny. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was looking at all kinds of pictures. I was like, oh it'd be funny if you use it. But now you have some good ones. <laughs> but if now there's use, some
0: use um use a funny one.
1: Okay, all right, perfect. One,
0: anyway, if you got one. Okay.
1: <laughs> Definitely. All right, we'll use a funny one. And then um when we um make our little wave video and stuff we'll send it over to you if you if you want to share it of course you're not obligated to but if you want to share it um to promote the episode by all means um yeah, please definitely do. Well. Yeah, Okay. perfect.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah. so with the uh, once your episode's published and and had its initial like listen through is it all right to get the audio so I can publish it on the lash this episode on the lash Base podcast as for well? For sure.
2: Of
1: course. Yeah, yeah we love we love for that. Um thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, we can send that over to you for sure.
0: Perfect. And um, obviously my colleague, the one that writes all of our blogs out, that lady, she will be getting in touch with you about getting the products sent over to you so you can test them, use them. Perfect. Awesome. What is her name? Ellen.
2: Ellen. Okay. Fabulous. Do you yeah. want the um, audio just sent to your email that we have been communicating through?
0: Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: Okay, Perfect. All right, we will do that. We wish
1: you guys the best of luck with everything, and hopefully this, you know, coronavirus or coronavirus doesn't cause so much of an impact. And, um, yeah, and hopefully you're you're uh you find another. It's so funny that you guys are having such. I mean, it's funny, not funny, but difficulty with Airbnb. I'm like, I hate to say this, like it kind of sounds like an ass asking, but I'm like, you guys, did that place have good reviews? The first one that yeah,
0: did it did, but but Uh but then unfortunately this this was uh. A family argument we had because it was left to the responsibility of my mum, who has retired from that responsibility.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that! That is so funny. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, we'll let you get back to it. Um, Thank you again for spending time with us today. We greatly do appreciate you being on.
0: No problem. See you soon. Bye, Jamie. Bye.